Uh, last, last Sunday evening, after service was over here, I was able to drive up to uh, Shannon Brown's home church, and so Shannon's back at the donut table again, and so he's coming, he's coming in uh, the door right now, but Shannon was uh, ordained into ministry last Sunday night, and uh, I, was, uh, I went to his home church up, and he said it was in Pickens, uh, South Carolina. It, y'all, it is not in Pickens. Uh, it is, I don't know where it is. I got a little bit nervous whenever I saw two men sitting on the front steps of the church playing dueling banjos. But, uh, but anyway, so uh, Shannon, congratulations. Uh, so that was a neat service. It was neat to see his dad and the, the church, and how they had invested in his life. And so that was a lot of fun last week. Uh, today, we are continuing our series. Uh, there's an app for that. And uh, our focus today is going to be on iCloud. Uh, it's, we're not going to talk about you know, the actual app, iCloud, but it is, uh, I think there's a parallel to be made uh, scripturally. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking today in Matthew chapter 6 in verse number 19. Now today, sort of our focus is about really about decision making and, and making decisions not for the short term, but making decisions for the long term. And this is a, probably an area where a lot of us have struggled in in the past is where we, where we make decisions where it's not really the best for us in the future, but where we you know, we're saying, ah, this is good for me right now, and so we feel pretty good about it for, for that time being. Uh, this happened to me a few times. I won't share with you any recent experiences, but there have been times when I made decisions based on short-term instead of long-term. I remember whenever I was in high school, my dad gave me a curfew on the weekends uh, at 12.30, which drove my sister crazy because hers was midnight. But the idea was if I happened to have a date, then I could drop the girl off, then I'd have time to get back home. Well, a lot of times I would make short-term decisions that would benefit me for the here and now, but weren't real good for like later on. And so I just sort of had a mentality, and uh, Glenn, don't do this, but uh, I had the mentality of, hey, I'd like to stay out a little bit longer, and so I'm going to get in trouble, you know, if I come in at 1245, so I might as well just come on home at about like 3. And so that was sort of my mentality. Great for short term. Stayed out later, had a good time. Not good long term, and so I paid a price for that. So it wasn't a lot of fun. Now, my, my fear, though, is that many of us, even as we get older, we do similar stuff. We make decisions based on short-term instead of long-term. And we invest in things for the here and now without giving any thought about long-term. Now, this is where I think iCloud can come in. I am not a very technologically savvy guy. Uh, so the great thing is Shannon on our staff, he uh, is our small groups pastor, and he told me, so listen, when you start saving stuff, you need to start doing more stuff on iCloud. Now, are you all familiar with iCloud? Uh, if you are, you're way ahead of me. And so I didn't know really what it was all about, but it's sort of this idea that you can take your documents, pictures, whatever, and instead of saving all that stuff just on your hard drive, you can, you can save it in the iCloud. Now, I don't know where that is. You know, it's somewhere in heaven, and it's really cool. And so if something happens to your hard drive, the neat thing about it is that wherever you are, you can access iCloud and get that document back, which, which is really neat. And so again, I don't know how it works, but it does. Now, many of us are, so to speak, we are investing and saving all of our stuff on our hard drive 
without giving any thought to the future, you know, to iCloud. And so as life goes on, what you begin to discover more and more is that the hard drive of this life, it does not last forever. I mean, your bodies begin to break down, and the stuff you invest in doesn't always work. And so the big question becomes then, well, well, what happens? You know, what happens to me and what happens to my stuff and this life if I've invested it all here and then it's all gone whenever I leave this place? What's up with that? Well, I'll tell you what's up. You're in trouble. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And today in our passage of Scripture, I believe in one sense what we're seeing is Jesus encouraging his followers and encouraging people to give thought not just to the stuff of this life, but start making plans for the future. And so to speak, begin to set up, I mean, some of us need to set up an iCloud account with God. Because if we don't, what happens is we're going to end up being very disappointed because the stuff of this life, it's temporary. Stuff of this life doesn't last forever. And so that's why we're going to look today in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19 in just a few moments. And what we're going to see is that a problem that has plagued people forever, it's, it's greed. You know, one thing we like is we like to have stuff. And we like to have more and more of it. Now, it's great getting stuff, but if your hope is in your stuff, what you find out is eventually your stuff gets old, your stuff doesn't work, your stuff wears out, and it doesn't last. And so if all your investment in life is in stuff, you're, you're going to get ripped off. And so Jesus says you need to invest in wise places. And so here's the, the thing for me. Is, well, how do I keep from getting ripped off? How do I invest in things that matter, that make a difference? And I just want us to see three very simple things today. And the first thing I want us to see from our text is realize the limits of your material possessions. And I think that's something that we all have to do. We all have to understand that the material possessions that in, in many cases that we find so important, we need to understand that they are very limited. They're limited in, in time. They're limited in what they can do. Uh, look at what Jesus said in verse number 19. He said, Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I don't want you to think that this is a message about how if you have money or that money is something that is evil, that it's from the devil, that that's not what I'm saying. Uh, you can look all throughout the Bible, and you're going to find out in the Bible that there were people who had money, there were people who were wealthy, who were godly people. I mean, really good people. You can go in the Old Testament, uh, the wealthiest king that we, that's talked about in the Old Testament, Solomon. King Solomon is a, a guy who wrote books of the Bible. Uh, there was King David, there was Abraham, there was Moses. These were rich and godly men. I go to the New Testament. There's men like Barnabas and, and uh, Joseph of Arimathea. There is, uh, let's see, Priscilla and Aquila. I mean, these are all people in the New Testament who were wealthy people, who were godly people. So what's the deal with them? Well, they understood that their wealth was limited. They understood that the value, what the value of their wealth really was. And the same thing the same thing's true for us. The possessions that you have, the wealth that we have, it is limited. And that's why Jesus said it is foolish for you to store up all your investments and all your hopes and all your dreams in just the things of this life. So if you store it up here, you're foolish. 
that phrase to store up, it is a picture of somebody taking coins and stacking them one on top of the other and making just like a big pyramid with our big uh, stack with it. And the idea was that they would do this in order to show other people how much stuff that they had here. You don't want to do that. You don't want to brag about the stuff that you have here. It says you don't want to store it up. In other words, another phrase that could be used there is you don't want to hoard everything that you've got just for you in the here and now. Why is that? Again, because this stuff doesn't last forever. This life is passing by. I, that's depressing, isn't it? But have, are y'all noticing that? Are you, not, are you noticing life goes by quickly? Life passes by, and before you know it, you are coming to the end of your life. That's what Jesus said. Don't store up all your stuff here. He said, because here, what can happen to it? He said, well, it can get destroyed. And he mentioned several different examples here in verse number 19. Now, just as a reminder, the way people showed their wealth back in this day is they had wealth in their clothing. So if you were wealthy, you wore really fancy clothes, like Kevin Quinn. And so you wear these really nice clothes. And some of the clothes that they would wear were clothes that were made out of wool. Well, one of the things Jesus says about it is he says, you don't want to store up your treasures in your clothes. Moths come in and eat your clothes up. You don't want, you don't want to store up your wealth in, in anything that can rust. And that, that word rust is actually means to eat. And so back in this day, one of the ways that you showed your wealth is that you would have a lot of grain. Now, if you had a lot of grain, one of the problems that you had with your grain is that mice could get into your, uh, your granaries and eat your grain. Another way that you demonstrated your wealth was with your jewelry. And what can happen, what can happen with that? Well, one of the things that can happen with that is I can get stolen. So Jesus said, listen, you don't want to store up your, your treasures here on this earth because they are passing away. They can be eaten. They can rust. They can corrode. People can steal all the stuff that you have. And on top of that, you, you don't want to do that because, guys, when we die, we don't take any of the stuff with us. I mean, you die, it's not like people are going to be in heaven saying, man, thank goodness, you know, I brought this coat. You know, you, you're not going to show up in heaven and then find somebody saying, man, look at the car, and this is a cool car, I had this for a long time. You, you don't bring anything with you. An example of not bringing anything with you is there's this story of a, a man who was very ill, and he was not a friendly man, but he had some money, and he was talking to his wife, said, listen, when I die, I want you to take my money and I want you to put it in a jar. And he said, I want you to put it on the second story of the house by the window seal so that when I'm going up to heaven, I will grab it and take it with me to heaven. She said, I'll do it. She put the money on the window sill. And then after he died, a couple of weeks later, she's cleaning house. Y'all might know the story, but she goes upstairs and the money's still there. And she's sitting there saying, man, I knew I should have put it in the basement. Now, guys, when we, when we die... We don't take anything with us. And so the point of the, of the story here is that none of us are going to take our wealth into heaven. And so if you invest all of your treasure in earthly things, it's short-sighted. Because it's temporary. So you say, what am I supposed to do then? You know, what am I supposed to invest in? Well, that's what we're going to look at next. So first, you want, to, you want to realize the limit of your material possessions. But the second thing is we need to realize the value of spiritual possessions. And I know in this world that, you know, we, we like tangible things. We like hard currency. But Jesus said, 
there is value in spiritual possessions. Now look in verse number 20. That's what Jesus said. He said, what you want to do is you want to collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. Now let me ask you a question. Where do y'all keep your money? I mean, do you keep most of your money in your wallet? I mean, do, do, do some of you guys, when, whenever you have any extra money, do you take your money, do you dig a hole in the backyard and put it in a tin box and stick it back there? If you do, don't tell anybody that. But I would say most of us don't. What we do with our money is most people put it in the bank, right? Or you use it in investments. But you put it in those places because those places are much more, uh, they're much safer than if you just simply kept all of your money under a pillow. Now, we, we know that the Bible teaches us that, that money's necessary. It's not always evil. I mean, gosh, y'all, there's times whenever we need to use our money in order to, to, to pay bills. We need to have some money here in order to make investments and prepare for retirement and to be able to pay for our children's education. But all of those things are ultimately temporary investments. Those are not the most important investments that you're going to make in your life because those things don't last forever. They, they don't pay dividends beyond this life. And the Bible tells us this. In 1 John 2, verses 16 and 17, it says, For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but it comes from the world. The world and its desires, what do they do? They pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Now, I think one of the real struggles that many of us deal with is we struggle with the whole idea of, of just simply living for today without giving any thought about tomorrow. And it is so easy just to live for right now and not give, not think beyond, hey, what happens to me whenever I die? You know, what, what happens to me? The stuff that I'm investing in, is it really worth it? You know, an example of, li of living for today without any thought of tomorrow is, is the whole idea of what we purchase. And there's a lot of things we'll see out there like, man, I'd really like to have it, but I don't have the cash for it. And so we have, we have a way to bypass this now. We have credit cards. And so I said, just charge it. Now, that sounds great. Uh, but the problem is, is that while you might be satisfied today, it doesn't help you a whole lot for tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I saw that the average debt on a credit card for Americans is over $8,000. Now, while it's great to have some possessions, let me tell you something. Instead of us owning our possessions today, our possessions, for many of us, now own us. Now, that, that is not a good investment. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is giving good, in one sense, financial advice right here. He's telling us to make sure that we're careful in what we invest in. Because if we're investing in things that don't pay dividends beyond this life, he said, you are being short-sighted. So you want to be wise. There's a guy named Jeff Ferrara um, in Chicago, and he was trying to reconcile his bank statement. And so he called his bank at the First National Bank of Chicago, and he asked, uh, he got an automated response about how much money he had in his checking account. He was shocked whenever he heard the voice, the automated voice, tell him that he had over $923 million in his account. Is that awesome or what? 
Now, this guy was just absolutely stunned. Now, uh, obviously, what it, there was obviously a mistake here. It turned out to be the biggest programming error in American history. Eighty-four people in that area ended up having over $724 billion added into their bank account. Now, a lot of his friends said, man, take that money, invest it over, or put it in a bank over in Cayman, and make a run for it. Now, how smart would it have been for him to do something like that? I mean, how smart would, have, would it have been for him to hear, I've got not, I can't believe it. My account, that, that interest really pays. And if he would have just gone out and said, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy, buy seven houses and I'm going to buy a few cars, would that have been a wise decision for him? Well, absolutely not. Why not? Well, because that, that whole, his millionaire status was big time temporary. Yeah, it was not real. Now, he didn't do this. He didn't go out and start spending money like crazy. Instead, he just simply called the bank and reported it to him, uh, reported to them. And the reason why is because he said, I mean, this isn't real. This isn't lasting. Now, that was a wise decision. Now, now guys, what, what, about, what about you in your life? You know, what is it in your life that you're investing in? What is it that you're seeking after more than anything else in this world? What, what are you spending the capital on that you have in this life? Where's it going? Remember, you can't take anything with you from this world. This world is absolutely temporary. So you might say, well then, what do I invest in, or what can I invest in that has the value that Jesus seems to be talking about here, that has eternal value? I really think it comes down to two things. You invest in the Word of God, and you invest in people. Those are two things that have eternity attached to them. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Now how long does it stand? It says it stands forever. What does that mean for us? I mean, you probably want to pay attention to it. Probably want to look and see what God has to say to us so that we can apply it to our lives because it is something, His word, His precepts, His principles are proven to stand for all time. So we can invest in God's word and see how God desires for us to live. Discover more about him. Discover the plan that he has for our lives. Another thing to invest in is in people. God has given people souls. And souls have eternal value. Souls last forever. Now the big question is, is my, is my soul, is it going to spend an eternity with God in heaven? Or am I going to be separated for an eternity from God in hell? And so we want to invest in people. That is, if you invest and serve people in the name of Jesus, let me tell you something, you are making an eternal investment. Because you can change people's lives by pointing them to the Jesus who can transform them forever. You know, our church is going to have the opportunity as a church family to do this when we move into March. Say, well, what's happening in March? We're going to get to invest. One of the things we're doing, and I know that for our church, it's just sort of become like a yearly event. We're doing a capital campaign. I know some of you are going, woohoo. Now, why are we doing that? Let me tell you a couple reasons why. One, God's blessed our church. Y'all, in the last four years, we've bought property, we built that building, we built this building. And so, you know what? Because of that, because we've had quick growth, there, there's some things we need to, we, to help us not be. Uh, not to get into, not to where we get the tail wagging the dog. I want us to bring down some of the building debt that we have. So that's why we're doing a capital campaign. It'll free us up for ministry. But here's the other reason why we're doing that campaign. We're going to open up a new campus. 
in August of 2014, Village Churches. And one of the ways that we can do this, or one way that we can back this up, is by getting some money to help prepare us to launch a new campus. You might say, well, I mean, how's that going to help me? I'm not real sure. Matter of fact, there's probably a chance it's not like going to like directly help you. So is that, you're like, well, that sounds like a sacrifice. It will be. You see, what we're doing is we are sacrificing and investing not in ourselves. We are doing it for other people because our hope is as we begin a new campus that we will have the opportunity to reach new people with the message of Jesus that their lives might be changed by Jesus. So what what can we invest in that has eternal value? The words of God and people. So when I look at our text, how do, I, how do I make the most of what I have? How do I keep from getting ripped off? Well, understand or realize the limit of material possessions, but also realize the value of spiritual possessions. And this is the last thing I want you to see. In order to keep from getting ripped off, this real simple one, avoid being selfish. Just don't, don't be selfish. That's for you, it's for me as well. That's what Jesus said in verse number 21. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And here's a question. What does your heart say about you? Now that's, that's kind of a tough question. I mean, how do you figure that out? My heart doesn't say anything. So, you know, how can, how can I know what my heart is saying? And I think one of the best ways for us to find out where our heart is, is to find out where we invest. And you can do that real quick. All you have to do is look at your checkbook and see where you spend your money. Look at your credit card statement and see what you spend money on. And I tell you this, it's amazing to me when I look and I think, oh my gosh, we, I, if you just looked at our financial statement, you'd say, they worship food, you know? I mean, we've got, we got three kids. Uh, but you'd say, my, but what, I, what I recognize and what I know is that so much of what I, what I spend and what I do, a lot of it is centered around me. And I, I want to be different. You know, I, I, and I understand. I'm not saying that you don't pay your bills. I'm not saying any of that. That stuff's necessary, that there's nothing wrong with that. But to have a, an outlook in life that where everything that you spend and everything that you use is not just for you, but that you begin to take the things of God into consideration and say, I want to share what I have with God so that God can change people's lives like my life has been changed. Because if I'm spending all my time trying to please me and trying to do stuff just for me, that's short-sighted. And I'm going to be disappointed. I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to find fulfillment. I want to spend my energies on things that have lasting value, that have godly values with it. There's a mother that was making pancakes for two boys, and they were the typical boys. They're fighting with each other. Who's going to get the first pancake? They're screaming and yelling at each other, shoving each other, and the mother got sick of it. And so she just jumps right in the middle of them, and she says, what would Jesus do right here? So I'll tell you what he'd do. Jesus would say, you can have the first pancake. And so Kevin, who was the older brother, looked at Ryan. He said, Ryan, you get to be Jesus today. <laughs> now, as there's a lot of us that have that same attitude. Somebody else can be Jesus today. It ain't going to be me. Because you know what? I want to get whatever it is that I want. But you know when we do that? Yes, it is so shallow and it is so deceptive because th- we are making the mistake thinking that this life is about is about you. 
and think that this life is about me. Here's the deal. This life is not about you. I'm not saying you're not important. This life's not about you, though. It's not about me. This life's about God. And this life is about God working in you, working through you, so that his glory will be manifested through you, that other people might see Jesus. Now, how does that happen? You serve, serve in the name of Jesus. You serve other people in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 26 through 28, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our great treasure lies with God. Our great treasure lies with God. Because it's eternal, it's lasting, and God teaches us all throughout Scripture that we are to use our lives, we are to use our wealth, we are to use our talents for the glory of God. That people, not that they will see us, but that they will see Jesus through us. Now I'm like anybody else. I, I want to be wise with what I do. With how I spend my time, how I spend my wealth, all those things. I'm going to be wise. But you know what, if I'm going to be wise, I need to make sure that I have an iCloud account. And I'm not storing up all my treasure on the hard drive down here. Because, guys, this world is going to end. It's going to end. It's not going to last forever. So the question is, where am I investing? Well, to be wise about it, realize the limit of your, of your material possessions. Realize the value of your spiritual possessions, and then avoid being selfish. Now, with that being said, here's the question. Where's your heart? What is it that you're investing in? You know, what, what, what is it that you find most important in your life? Because if you want to invest yourself in something that has value for all time, there's one place to do it. It's with Christ. It's with Jesus. It's with being obedient to Him. And here's what I believe. I, I believe there are some of us, and we are followers of God. As we look at ourselves, we say, you know what? I, if I'm just honest, I have to say I've spent a whole lot of my time investing what I have in just the here and now without giving a thought about tomorrow. Without giving a thought about tomorrow. Let me encourage you to do something. Let me encourage you to change that. Let me encourage you just simply to talk to God in a moment. We're going we're gonna to bow. We're going to have the opportunity to talk to God. And I would encourage you to simply come and to, we're going to have prayer team members that are going to be up here. And you can come and you can talk to one of them and say, I just want you to pray for me. Because I, I want to invest in the things of God. I want to think about the future and then move towards it instead of simply investing everything I have here. Now there's others of you, and, and you say, you know what, I, I've invested all of my life in me, but I need to invest myself in Jesus. I need to just simply trust Him. And you'll have an opportunity to do that. In a, moment, in a moment, as we bow our heads and close our eyes, there some of you who say, you know what, I am ready to follow Jesus and for Him to be the Lord of my life. And that's you then. It's, I, I'll encourage you, you can come forward to one of our prayer team members and say, I want Jesus to be in charge of my life. And they'll pray with you and tell you about Him.